And on this Tuesday program, we've got plenty for you. We can officially comment on one of the major new additions to a pretty big sport. That'd be men's basketball. We'll do that. Still waiting for the green light on a certain position in football, but I think if you've been following along, you know what's going on there. So we'll hold off on that. But yes, as we told you on yesterday's show, there's a green light that's given. As you'll notice that even the coaches can't comment on certain new bowls until it's officially cleared through the school. So we'll do it with Tyler Harris on this program and maybe tomorrow on a certain other sport. We will definitely talk about baseball on this show as member of the squad was named rightfully so, to the American Athletic Conference Weekly Honor Roll, Jared Eaton. Some highlights of him in our next block, along with the preview of tonight's game. That's right, we're headed to DeLand. The Bulls will be playing the Stetson Hatters. And the softball team actually today will be headed to Greenville, North Carolina. I know I was kind of crossing my fingers that we get that late game on Thursday. And if you're wondering, well, why wouldn't I just go to Greenville with softball and make sure whatever the time was Thursday, we'd be able to broadcast the game. It's because, well, they are leaving today. And I therefore would not have been able to do today's baseball game. So we'll have them all for you baseball today, this weekend in Greenville, along with the softball team. Update on Melanie Green from the regional as far as golf goes we'll also kind of catch you up on some of the opponents of the bulls in softball as we are getting towards that time the ncaa tournament bracket will be announced this weekend and give you an idea of you know what things are looking like when it comes to that and give you some good news about a former bulls assistant coach as well here's some cool news for you the clemson hall of fame announced as far as its next members now You know that the USF Athletics Hall of Fame is something that has been rekindled in the last couple of years, and usually the plan is to add three at a time. I guess there's no such guardrails with Clemson because they announced 11 future members of their Hall of Fame, and includes our own Daquan Bowers, who of course was an outstanding defensive lineman for Clemson and has been the defensive line coach for the Bulls for a few years as well. Saw some well wishes by Jeff Scott and other members of the coaching staff for Daquan, who will be rightfully so, a member of his school's Hall of Fame. Also, this cool news, something that we're going to start to do for multiple purposes. You'll be able to hear some audio on this show of them, but also you'll see some videos. And once you see it, you'll understand what we're doing. But I'm going to be, over the next few weeks and maybe months, speaking to past members of the women's basketball program. We've got something set up with Laia Flores, former point guard, has been doing great things overseas. I'm going to tape that on Friday, and you'll be able to hear that and see that throughout the social media ranks. Speaking of former USF women's basketball greats, playing for the Italian club Famila, Kitty Aloxa and her team, which has become used to winning the Italian league, wins it. And she actually won MVP, doing her thing, knocking down threes. It was a best-of-five series. They won game four against Bologna over the weekend. And Kitty Aloxa was the MVP of the Italian League Championship Series. Perhaps we'll catch up with Kit as well. Most of these will be, of course, conducted via Zoom, as the individuals are mostly in Europe. But definitely want uh, women's basketball fans to know that that's coming up. If you're a fan of the men's basketball team, I love this tweet put out by the USF Athletics folks on Monday night. It is a mention of next week's stop for the coach's caravan. That'll be next Thursday in Orlando at the American Social. That's right. In Orlando, Jeff Scott and Brian Gregory will be speaking with USF fans. And the tweet simply says, we may have a couple of things to talk about next week in Orlando. So there's the hint, but it is definitely official when it comes to men's basketball 
And Tyler Harris, the former guard for Penny Hardaway at Memphis, is a member of the USF basketball team. They made it official on Monday night, welcoming Tyler Harris. He is from Memphis, not just the college, the town, as far as where he played his high school ball. He was a 2,500-point score in high school. His first season at Memphis saw him average the most minutes, around 25.5 points per game. His first season at Memphis and the first year for Penny Hardaway is the one where, remember, he didn't have it all loaded up roster-wise, and you had a freshman, Tyler Harris, just a big-time high school star, averaging 25 minutes a game, making 79 three-pointers, and scoring around 11 points per game. Did not start his sophomore season. His playing time only reduced by about five minutes per game. His average dropped by a couple of points. That led to him transferring to Iowa State for one year where he made 39 threes and averaged around seven and a half points per game. And then he wanted to come back home. And he actually did so as a walk-on last season. Started a few games, did struggle down the stretch, as a matter of fact. In their three conference tournament games, remember Memphis took down UCF, then beat SMU in a key game, and then lost to Houston in the final. He, in those games, only made two buckets, went 0 for 3 twice from three-point range. Basically, did about 60% of his shooting last year from three-point range. However, also a very tenacious defender. Not a big guy. In fact, I found this clip of him coming into the action early against the Bulls when Lester Quinones picked up two fouls. Turned out, Quinones, even though he averaged basically nine more minutes a game than Harris, those were their big three-point shooters. They both ended up about identical. Quinones, 55 for 141. Harris, 55 threes this past season out of 140. So that's nearly 40%. And, well, the Bulls know all about it. Cross is over. Bounce pass. They get it across with a second to spare. It's deep. Just like pulling teeth to get the ball across midcourt. This will happen all night. Murphy on the right side to Javon Green. Quinones runs into him, and there's a call. And Quinones just picked up his second foul already in the first two and a half minutes. That's that's big. That's big to get Quinones in foul trouble. Now, Memphis is a deep team. They've got pieces that can come in, but Quinones, with his veteran leadership and his all-around skills, he's a guy you want on the court. So he's going to he's going to sit down for a bit. And they bring in Tyler Harris, who's very small, 5'9", 148 pounds. But boy, he's had some big games against USF. 17 points in each of the meetings last year. Back to Green. Couple dribbles. Gets it to Caleb. He's got a head of steam. Splits two guys. Now he shuffles it over to Chiwa. Block as he went up for the dunk from behind. And Memphis ends up with the basketball. Here's Harris back the other way to Williams on the left wing. Far corner to Lomax. 6-2 Memphis. Tigers have the ball right wing. Nolly drives to the baseline. Gets run into by Hines in the corner to Harris. Wide open for three. Bingo. You cannot let him get comfortable on the perimeter. He shoots 41% from three. And for a team that shot, well, one of the worst numbers in the country from three-point range last year, you'll welcome in Tyler Harris. Coach Gregory last night actually saying, having scouted Tyler for three years now, we know how much pressure he can put on defenses. We are extremely excited to add Tyler to our Bulls family. The passion and excitement that he will play with will make Bulls fans wanting more. Actually, if you scroll down on his Twitter page and his social media, I am young Ty one, the number one. Tyler Harris, you can see he was mic'd up basically for a practice session, and you can just see the enthusiasm that he brings. And it's nothing over the top or showy, it's just who he is. And you can see that he is going to be a guy that brings some serious life and energy to the party. And by the way, he would score 14 points in that game. He would follow it up with Memphis just putting it on Houston. Remember, that was 75-61. to 61. 
They put up 49 points in the first half against a Houston team that at the time was 26-4. and Yeah, Tyler Harris was the leading scorer in that game for Memphis. He came off the bench, played 26 minutes, hit 3-3, 6-14 from the floor. So yeah, he might have had some poor performances down the stretch last season, which, who knows, might have been one of the reasons why Penny Hardaway was looking elsewhere, and they have recently added Kendrick Davis. But, listen, he can score, and his last year in high school when he won Mr. Basketball in Tennessee, he averaged 30 points per game. And six assists. Now, he hasn't been asked to handle as a point guard with Memphis, so his assist numbers aren't going to be great. In fact, right on 1.6 per game in his three years there, but he, he can pass the ball if he has to. So, that's the official one that we can add to the USF family. We're still waiting on another sport. In fact, as we're recording this show, you know, I get the email from USF, and you get the little notification, and these days, every time I get the notification, I think perhaps... It's an email saying you can now publicly comment on this student-athlete. It actually happened within the last 10 minutes as you're hearing this part of the show being recorded. And it was for another sport. So we can actually tell you about a future member of men's tennis. But actually, this is pretty cool. Eric Gravelius. Yeah, the Bulls started off their season against the Georgia Bulldogs, who just got knocked out in the second round of the NCAA tournament. As a matter of fact... They were one of the very few seeded teams slash hosts to lose as Florida State got them. The NCAA tournament bracket, we told you about how, you know, the Bulls were going up against Miami, and if they won, they played the Gators. So basically everybody from the American was either playing an SEC team or going to play them if they won their first-round match. And then you look at the Sweet 16, and it is chalk-filled with ACC and SEC teams. In fact, it's going to be interesting how it plays out in the Sweet 16 because you're going to have four matchups. Again, nine teams total from the ACC and the SEC, but eight of them basically are playing each other. And Florida State, the team that eliminated Georgia, will be going to Knoxville. South Carolina is at Virginia. The Gators are hosting North Carolina, as well as Wake Forest traveling to Kentucky. The other team is NC State, and that was a curiosity because Middle Tennessee State got the last national seed, but NC State got the host, and that probably helped because NC State beat them in a squeaker 4-3. to three. The rest of the teams are from other leagues. Now going back to Georgia, Gravelius was actually a part of that doubles team that was the easy set winner against Florida State 6-2. The Knowles took the other two matches and upset them. Now, i got to say this, and... Maybe his role will be different with the Bulls. Gravelius, who is a player from Sweden, last season went 9-4 and four at number 6 singles, 2-0 and oh at the 5 spot, 17-9 and nine overall, in addition to being a solid doubles player. This year, he only played in a handful of singles matches and did not win. Again, though, doubles is very important, so it looks like, if I'm guessing, that Eric Gravelius, who is now a USF Bull, or at least next season will be, is going to be a big member of their Devils team. And if you're curious, when the Bulls played Georgia very early this season in Athens, yes, he was part of a victory in the Devils situation. Hoping for a little bit better second day at the NCAA tournament is our own Melanie Green, and she's definitely in the running. We told you about kind of the unique situation playing as an individual Normally, if you are on a golf leaderboard, you are looking to get at the very top of it if you want to quote-unquote win. But in this case, you don't have to be at the top to make it to the next stage, which is the NCAA Finals. Six regionals ongoing today, all playing three rounds. So today is the middle day, moving day as it were. And in each case, you've got teams 
12 teams trying to finish in the top five. So to win a regional, great, but to finish fifth is the same effect because it gets you into the last tournament of the season, which is next week. And by the way, that is a pretty uh, formidable situation. Now, Melanie Green, as an individual, would only be concerned with the first four days of the NCAA tournament. But just so you know how the NCAA determines its golf champion, you play three rounds of stroke play. You drop a certain amount of teams. I think 15 out of 24 advance to the final round of stroke play. And on that final day, with 15 teams playing, you get down to your top eight. And those eight, after playing four full rounds, move to match play, including, I believe, two in one day. Now, individually, you just perform if you're not with the team, and this is what Melanie Green would fit into, just those four rounds of stroke play to determine who is the overall winner. Well, to get there, she is going to have to finish as one of the top two individuals in Tallahassee, not on teams in advance. And so that's the trick. When you are looking at the leaderboard right now after one round, not where she wants to be after one round, Melanie Green shot a five over par. However, and as you're hearing this, her round is underway because it was set to begin a little bit before nine o'clock. The individual leader was only three under par. So it's not like she's out of the running. And then you factor in the fact that some of those at the top of the leaderboard are on teams that are in the top five. So you don't have to concern yourself with those. And what could be very interesting for Melanie Green is who ends up getting those fourth and fifth spots. After one round, UCLA, the 10th ranked team in the country, even par, host FSU two over, Mississippi State three over. Then it's a drop to 11 over with three teams, Miami, Quinnipiac, and South Carolina. And then Georgia Southern's just a shot back. And then Ole Miss, another shot back. So the juggling act, as you're looking at the leaderboard, and this is really going to be interesting in round three, the final round tomorrow, is, okay, which teams are going to be finishing in the top five because you don't have to worry about the individuals from those teams. And hopefully Melanie Green can move up into that spot. However, you also look at there are six individuals in this event. Melanie's one of them. And they're definitely ones that you have to concern yourself with. And right now, the best performer was Berta Sabe from Jacksonville State at one under par. So at the very least, Melanie Green is going to have to catch her, and she is six shots back going into the second round. Green started on the front nine with a bogey, had a birdie on the par three fifth, and then no other birdies the rest of the day. Unfortunately, finished with a double bogey on the par four eighteenth, or else she would have been right there near the top 20. She ended up being right around 40th in the field of 65 golfers. So we'll let you know how she does on her second round on tomorrow's show. On this show, we still have some weekly honors in baseball and softball, a baseball game to get you ready for tonight as well. So stay tuned. This is Bulls Beat.